another episode of the Jay Makopo Podcast. I would like to welcome you for tuning in. If you're new, welcome to the Extra, Extra Massive Family. Oh, but yes. if you are a lovely, loyal listener, you know that the podcast is always fire. My name is Rachel Lahori, a.k.a. Rachel That. Now, before we get into it, share the podcast. Shout out the podcast. Share with your family. Share it with your friends. Share with your friends' friends. Share with your family's friends. Anyone who you know would need this podcast, just share it. Otherwise, you're more than welcome to take a drink, Indiana. Sit back and relax. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much again for joining the J Mokopa podcast. Um, once again, guys, let's give a big shout out to Rachel Black. She's doing the most for the month of September. Rachel, you are killing it. We love you. You are the best. If you want to j- just check out who Rachel is, just go on Instagram, say Rachel underscore D-A-T, and you're going to find her. So, um, But thank you so much, Rachel. You're doing the most. Ha, if you're listening for the first time, Come on, guys. Here is your extra, extra mercy. If it is not your first time, you're always listening, guys. I love you guys. And here is your extra, extra mercy. I just want to do something really quick. We're going to get into the message. As you know, we are starting a series today. But before I let you guys know about that, I want to just say, check this this um, sweater out. This sweater says Light of the World. And I want to say thank you to Pastor A. I was on conversations with Pastor A and she sent me, maybe you can't see this, but she sent me um, um, a, a nice card and it said, uh, it says conversations with Pastor A and just a gift towards me. And the gift comes from a, a store called, uh, online store called Word Online. So it's Word underscore online underscore SA and you can check out them selling these amazing tops, uh, hoodies and all those things. Check them out. They're really dope. So shout out to you guys. Thank you so much for um, the gift. So we're going to get into the message right now, but I want us to know again that the next three weeks, we're going to be going through a series called, and it's the first series I do on the podcast, but it's called um, Watch the Throne. Watch the Throne. Um, Watch the Throne. Why? Because many people are unaware of who's on the throne in their lives. And it's important that you are watching the throne to actually know who has authority in your life. Who are you submitting to in your life? A lot of you may not actually take the time to assess in terms of decision making, in terms of who you surrender to. Are you surrendering truly to God or are you surrendering to something else? So we're going to get into this today. Let's pray and we're going to get into part one of Watch the Throne. Let's pray. God, I come before you. Thank you so much for your love. I thank you that the next uh, couple of weeks, my God, are going to be blessed weeks. I believe, my God, that people are going to be impacted uh, purely because it's your word. I pray, God, give me grace to share it with clarity with power and with authority my god that comes from your word in the name of jesus we pray and we all said amen amen now when i was preparing this message uh the tone of part one of watch the throne is more a a message that has a tone of a warning because a lot of people like i said before are not aware of who is on the throne in their lives the picture i had as i was preparing this message was that you know it is almost like a country saying this country has a president but when it comes to decision making in the country the that person who they say is the president is not in the room it's also like people saying jesus is lord but when you watch the throne he's not on the throne you could be in that place today where 
Jesus is just a banner that you carry. Jesus is just a thing that you put over your life. It's just a, a phrase that you say, but it's not the one who has lordship. It's not the one who has king. He's not the one on the throne. Can someone say amen? We're going to get into this passage in the book of Matthew today. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 to 11, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star and rose, uh, when it rose and had come to him to worship him. When Herod heard uh, this, he was troubled in all of Jerusalem with him, assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people. He inquired of them, where Christ had been born. They told him in Jerusalem of Judea, for it was written by the prophet, You, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come the ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them um, to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring, the, bring me the word that I too may go and worship him. Um, after listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest above the place where the child was. When they saw the child, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and they worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Can someone say amen? This is a picture when Jesus was born into a kingdom. Come on now. Jesus was born into a kingdom. Jesus as king was born into the kingdom of Herod. Now check this out. Herod was on the throne, but what happened was Jesus was being born where Herod had authority, where Herod was in charge. Jesus stepped in. The birth of Christ happened where Herod was in charge. Now what that did to Herod as the king is it meant if Jesus is coming as king, it means Jesus is now a threat to the authority of Herod. Jesus is now a threat to the one on the throne. Come on. When Jesus will come into your life, it means he is going to threaten the one on the throne in your life. When a Jesus comes into any person's life, he will always threaten the one who is on the throne, the one who's in charge. Why? Because because Jesus is king. Do you know in another way of saying it also? These days we are big on speaking about our rights. We're saying, hey, I have a right. I have a right to do this. You know, when Jesus steps in, some of those things that you call your rights could transform could transform into becoming your wrongs. Some of the things that you say, this is my right. Check this out. Jesus can come into your life and there are things that, yes, you have the right to do it. But just because you have the right to do it, it doesn't mean it is right. Just because you have the right to say certain things, it doesn't mean that is what he has called you to say. Now, Jesus steps into this person's life. Jesus walks into this, uh, This uh, actually he comes into this kingdom and now Herod is 
threatened because it means if Jesus is king, it means Herod is not going to be king anymore. You see, you must make sure who is on the throne on your life. You see, if you are on the throne, if the wrong thing is on the throne in your life, you are going to see Jesus as a threat and you're not going to celebrate the coming of Jesus. Let's speak about four things that want the throne in your life. One thing that wants the throne in your life, that wants to make decisions. Let's think before we get into this thing. When someone is on the throne or something is on the throne it means when that thing speaks you move because it is on the throne amen when someone speaks when if something is on the throne of your life when it moves it moves you to do something now the four things the first thing that wants to be on the throne in your life is the flesh the flesh your sinful nature wants to be on the throne let's go in galatians chapter 5 verse 17 it says for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For they are opposed to one another to keep you from doing what you want to do. You see, the desires of the flesh, it is your sinful nature. The desire to sin wants to be on the throne in your life. Now, when the flesh is on, your, on the throne in your life, it is always going to be primarily about your feelings. I feel like this. I feel like this. And if you are controlled by your feelings, it's a sign that the flesh is on the throne of your life. You are moved by your feelings. You surrender to your feelings. Can someone say amen? But that's the wrong. That should not be on the throne of your life. But the flesh wants to be on the throne in your life. The second thing that to be on the throne in your life is the enemy the enemy wants to be on the throne of your life let's look what the enemy does if, if you if the enemy will be on the throne in your life let's see what the enemy does john chapter 10 verse 10 says the theme the thief comes to steal kill and destroy you see the enemy wants to be the ruler of your life but only to destroy you you see, the enemy wants to stand and to have dominion over you, wants to have authority over you. And if you give yourself over to the enemy, over to Satan, then he is going to make sure that he steals, he kills, and he destroys your life. But he wants the throne. The third thing that wants to be on the throne of your life is the world. The world wants to be on the throne in your life. The world wants to control your decisions. Um. First John chapter 2, verse 17, it says, And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. The desires of the world. You see, you can desire, there is the desires of the flesh that will lead you to sin, but there's also the desires of the world that will make you desire what the world is telling you to want. You must know this. The People think it's only Christians and pastors and churches that are preaching the world is preaching the gospel of the world the world is preaching to you what success must look like the world is preaching to you what beauty looks like the world is preaching you preaching to you what uh, power looks like and uh, if you are chasing what the world is telling you to chase, it means the world is on the throne. So this message, I want you to know, it's not just for someone who doesn't know God. It's also for you who say that you are a Christian. Because just because you come to church, some people are coming to church. You can find yourself doing this. You come to church and you come to God because you want God to serve the world in your life. What do I mean by that? You come to God and you say, God, bless me so that I can have what the world wants me to have so truly in your scenario is the world is on the throne the world wants to be on the throne in your life
because their desires that the world wants you to have, the music, the fun, the, the, the entertainment, all, all these, these glamorous things that are shining in the world are going to call your name. And if you are moved by those things, it means the world is on the throne in your life. But the one who is supposed to have the throne is number four, last but definitely the most uh, in this list is God. God wants to be on the throne. Isaiah chapter 37 verse 16, it says, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim. It says, you are the God. Listen here. This, this verse says, you are the God, not just you are God. It means you are the God. It means there's none outside of you. You are the one. He is the one. It says, you alone are the God of the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Come on, that should make you excited. The Bible says that he is king. He is God alone. He is the God and he wants the throne over your life. He wants to make the decisions over your life. You must understand with, the, with enthroning someone, it means that you are surrendering to the person. So with each one of these things, when, when your feelings, when the flesh, when even a lust of the world comes over you and you follow your feelings, it means you've surrendered to your feelings. When the enemy is pulling you towards evil and towards darkness and telling you to do bad things, um, it means you've surrendered to the enemy. The world, when the world is telling you to go and chase these things and that is what success looks like and you bow down to the world, it means you've surrendered. And the same thing with God. When God is in your life and he's the Lord over your life, it means you have surrendered to him. So you have to surrender to one and already right now, whether you like it or not, whether you knew it or not, you are surrendering to the one on the throne in your life. That's why it's important that we are watching the throne and making sure who is on that throne who is is determining your decisions who is determining where you want your life to go who is determining it who is on the throne so it's almost like elections so there are all these parties that are going to come to you. The parties, as we vote even in South Africa, there are all these different parties. But for the throne in your life, there are elections every day in your life. Every day there are elections in your life. The flesh. The flesh comes, and you know what the flesh does when it's selling to you, when it does its, its campaign, it comes to you and the flesh says, you know what, if, I'm on, if the flesh is going to be on the throne of your life, the flesh says that it's, your life is going to be all about you. The, the flesh will come and says, hey, hey, if, I'm, if the flesh is on the throne of your life, the flesh is going to tell you, hey, if you want to do something, the flesh is going to say, do it. And if you don't want to do something, don't do it. That is what your life is going to be. Basically, flesh, when the flesh is on, your, on the throne of your life, the flesh is going to tell you, hey, buddy, I want to make life about you. I want your life to be all about you. The same thing with the enemy. When the enemy is on the throne in your life, the enemy, Satan, is going to tell you, you must live your life for you. If you want to do something, you must go ahead and do it. If you don't want to do something, don't, don't do it. And don't look for the approval of, of, of anyone. Do your life the way you want to do it. That's what the enemy is going to do in your life. And the same thing with the world. The world is going to say, I want to be on the throne of your life. And when I'm on the throne of your life, your life is going to be all about you. But number four, God, when God steps up, God speaks differently. Come on, guys. God speaks differently when he looks at the throne in your life. Because when God looks at the throne in your life, he says, if he is going to be the Lord over your life, if God is going to be on the throne of your life, God looks at you and says, 
tells you if he's on the throne your life is no longer about you it is no longer about your desires it is no longer about your will it is no longer about your plan it is no longer about your name it is all about god it is all about his glory it is all about his purposes it is all about his will if god is on the throne in your life if he is on the throne it's not about you anymore you see with the world with the flesh with the enemy it's going to be about you have you ever seen someone we've seen this before even in 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 government that there will be people who will want a position but you are not prepared for the you don't know how to handle the position and every time you put someone in a position that they are not supposed to be in guess what happens to the thing under them it destroys and that's the same thing with the flesh if the flesh is on the throne of your life the flesh is going to destroy your life because guess what the flesh the enemy and the world are not kings the only one who is a king is a god so if you put someone who is a not a king on the throne they will destroy the kingdom if you put the flesh if you put the enemy if you put the world as the decision makers over your life it is going to destroy your life your life will be a mess because those three things are not kings the only one who is a king is god another thing about these three the flesh the enemy and the world these three things they work together if the flesh is on the throne of your life it is going to open the doors to satan to come into your life if the flesh is on the throne of your life it's going to open the door for the world to influence you you see and 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 all of them do the same thing if the world is on the throne it's going to open the door for the flesh and these three things are going to have a collaborative um, attack a collaborative destruction over your life but when god is on the throne he's on the throne alone and he tells you to push those three things away from your life and allow him to have dominion and authority over your life alone the bible says in the book of psalms chapter 127 verse 1 to 2 it says unless the lord builds the house the ones who build it labor in vain unless the lord watches over the city the watchman stays awake in vain he says it's in vain that you raise that you rise up early in the morning and go late to rest eating the bread of anxious toil for he gives his beloved sleep listen the bible says you can work you can toil you can you can watch over your life um but if god is not the one who's building your life if god is not the one who's building your family if he's not on the throne in your family if he's not on the throne in your career if he's not on the throne in your life then everything you are building you're wasting your time you must understand that god must be on the throne god must be have the final say and it's a matter of how do you know god is on the throne how do you know he's truly on the throne it means it is a sign that you obey him you are obeying the one who's on the throne so you obey him when it comes to your personal life you obey him when it comes to your relationships you obey him when it comes to your service in church you obey him when it comes to your career decision you are obeying god because he is on the throne so the bible so you must know one thing it says if the lord doesn't build the house you, if, if he's not building it you're wasting your time if he's not building that career you're wasting your time if he's not building your life you're wasting your time. If he basically what I'm saying is if he's not on the throne of what you were building, you're wasting your time. And even it says the watchman, if you are watching over important things, but and God is not the one who is in charge. If God is not the one who is watching over it, you're wasting your time. Because right now you have two eyes, ne? You have two eyes. Hopefully. Hopefully. If if you have 
uh, more than two eyes, that's a problem. Okay. Um, uh, but you have two eyes, or you may have one eye if you maybe have had an uh, accident. Uh, but you have two eyes. And um, with those two eyes, you can't see your own nose. You, how are you going to say you're going to watch over your life if you can't even see your nose? How are you going to trust yourself to watch over the affairs of your life, your family, your future marriage of your, or your marriage now, your children, your future kids? How are, you, how are you saying you are watching over your life when you can't see your nose? You can't see your forehead right now. You can't see your ears right now. And you think you're going to see, watch over your life. You see, one thing you must know, the Bible says that Jesus says he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail over it. He will build. But if, you, if God is not building his church, if he's not building your life, if he's not on the throne of your life, everything you're doing is in vain. Why is it in vain, Pastor Jay? You're asking me. Why is it in vain? Why is it in vain? Because the enemy is going to hit you in sides that you can't see. There's going to be things that you can't see that are coming in the future. Things that are happening right now. Things that the enemy is beginning to move in your emotions. Things that the enemy or people who are going to influence you wrong. Or the, the enemy wants to use some friends. Wants to use someone who you call your boyfriend or someone who you call your girlfriend. He wants to use something to get you off your purpose. You can't see it right now. And you are not protected because God is not on the throne. Again, how do you see he's on the throne? You see he's on the throne by the fact that you are obeying him, even when it's uncomfortable for you. Because when someone is, is king, they say things, and it's not about your feelings. It's not about your feelings. But now let's, let's see three signs, three signs um, that the wrong person is on the throne over your life. Three signs that it's either the world, it's either Satan, or it's either the world, uh, or either the flesh that's on the throne in your life. Three signs that the wrong person, the wrong thing is on the throne in your life. Number one, as we're going to go back to the passage we read previously. Three signs. The sign number one is miracles will make you miserable. What we see was Jesus was being born. A miracle had just happened that Christ was born. Now what happens when Herod, Herod was in charge, Herod was on the throne. When he hears that Jesus is born, when he hears that Jesus is coming to change things, when he hears that Jesus is coming as the king, what does it do to Herod's heart? Matthew chapter 2 verse 3, it says, When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. Do you know that when Jesus and God are calling you to change things in your life, it is a miracle that God has spoken to you about something in your life? It's a miracle. For some people, it's a thing of going to church. Do you know that gathering with God's people, it's a miracle. Unfortunately, many times we call certain things miracles and there are other things that we don't call miracles. But the fact that God wants you to pray, the fact that God is calling you to fast, the fact that God is calling you to cut off maybe some sinful behaviors in your life, um, the fact that he's speaking to you and God is trying to mold you and God is speaking to you about who he has, he has called you to be, that is a miracle. But if God wants to change things in your life, if God is look, you know that God sees things in your life and he's telling you that those things must change. But the things that he is 
bringing change to are making you miserable it's a sign that either the flesh either the world or either the enemy is on the throne in your life can someone say amen when the wrong one is on the throne in your life you will call your opportunities opposition let me say that again when the wrong one is on the throne in your life you will start calling opportunity opportunities opposition you see, we think about even coronavirus, even this uh, podcast. You know, when the coronavirus uh, hit, I'll, I'll just tell you guys a, a bit about what happened, was happening in my life. Uh, I'm planting a church, a part of planting and establishing a church in Cape Town. Um, and the church was picking up in 2020. It was doing really, really great things and amazing people have come into the church. And coronavirus happened. Churches had to stop, you know. And I felt like it was an opposition that happened to me. And, and for a while, I was a bit uncomfortable to say, God, I don't understand why this is happening why are uh, why are churches clothing closing not clothing <laughs> closing when it feels like things were really coming together for for the church um and guess what guys i just decided you know i, I also believe uh, by god's spirit and god's grace i decided you know what uh if you if we can't fight this opposite i can't fight this opposition this thing that i see as opposition i'm gonna you know what you work with it i'm gonna work with what's going on and instead of saying it is opposition i said that this is an opportunity so i said you know what this is an opportunity to still reach people for christ it may not be the church but i'm gonna still use people for i'm gonna use this opportunity to reach people for Christ. So I started this podcast and through this podcast, I found myself speaking in the Eastern Cape, speaking uh, to people uh, in, in Durban, speaking to people in Joburg, speaking to people uh, in different places because I chose to not see this as an opposition, uh, but to see it as an opportunity. You see, what was happening in Herod's life was God was giving Herod the opportunity to actually host the King of Kings. But instead of seeing it as an opportunity what Herod saw he saw opposition he saw an obstacle I want to speak to your heart today there are things that you have been calling oppos opposition but God has been bringing those things as opportunities just because it's going the opposite direction look a lot of the times we say things that are going opposite direction to your plan opposite direction to your will and you're looking at that thing and you're saying this thing is an opposition to you but you need to open your eyes and realize if God is on the throne it means that that thing that you think is an opposition maybe it's just God changing the plan maybe it's just God bringing a redirection so that things can go back to the original plan of what he wants to do with your life with what he wants to do with the year with what he wants to do with your finances and maybe you just need to say you know what this is an opportunity for God to do something in this time because he is on the throne it means he is he is in control. Can someone say amen? If God is on the throne, it means he is in control. So you can be relaxed about it. And instead of saying this is an opposition, see it as an opportunity. What's happening? The, the challenges in your life. Instead of saying that that is an opposition, instead of saying that that is an obstacle, I want to encourage you today to say that that is an opportunity. It's an opportunity for your faith to grow. It's an opportunity for perseverance to grow on the inside of you. It's an opportunity for you to stretch yourself in terms of loving people who are hard to love it's an opportunity for you to grow in your patience look there are opportunities that are coming to you stop calling them oppositions stop calling them op uh, obstacles when the wrong one is on the throne you will be calling oppositions 
You'll be calling your opportunities oppositions. You'll be calling uh, obstacles. Um, you'll be saying that the thing that God wants to do in your life, you'll be calling it an obstacle. But when God is on the throne, you know that he's in control of all these things. You see, we also see a picture in this, in this story where there were wise men who came to Herod. And wise men came. You see, you see the book of Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Look at this. A sign of wisdom. You see, the, the wise men came to an unwise king because the unwise king couldn't see the opportunity. You see, when you are foolish, if you're walking through your life foolishly, because there is a foolish one on the throne, your life is going to be foolish. And you're going to see, like I said before, you're going to see the opportunities as opposition. But what we saw is there are wise men who walk in and the wise men can see the opportunity. So what does wisdom do in these men? Wisdom makes them change their plans for their God. You see, these wise men, I'm sure they had plans, they had families, they had things they were doing. But when they saw that Jesus is changing things, that God is bringing a change in the world, God is doing something new they change their plans listen i want to tell you if there is wisdom in your life you will change your plans for your god i want to say it again if you are wise if there's wisdom in your spirit if there's wisdom in your mind you will change your plans for your god the next thing we see about these wise men is they traveled long distances the bible says that they were not from that land so if you are wise you will go far you will go the distance for your god you will know that your god has not just called you to a short life to a short mission he has called you to something that calls you to go the distance wisdom will say you will not if you are wise if there is a spiritual wisdom on the inside of you you will not say that god is saying you, you must go too far you when god says you must do something you will not say you will not say ah it's too far you will go the distance for your god and the third thing we see is that wisdom made these wise men um join gather with the family of god wisdom is gathering with the family of god so point number one, like I said, to see that the wrong person is on the throne, you will call mir miracles will make you wisdom. Even miracles, sorry guys, miracles will make you miserable. Testimonies will give you trouble. When God is coming in to change things, it will make you miserable. Amen. So that's a sign that the wrong one is on the throne. Second thing we see is if the wrong person is on the throne of your life, your words will not match your heart. In the book of Matthew chapter 2 verse 8, looking at King Herod, we see that uh, he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may worship him. Just listen to the lack of effort. Listen to the lack of effort of seeking after God. The Bible says in the book of Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 13, If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. So, Herod, and, and be careful that this is not something you say. If you say things like this, there is danger. If you say things like this, the wrong person is on the throne of your heart. L listen to this. King Herod says, hey, you guys go. You guys go and seek God. You guys go and work hard to find God. If you ever find yourself saying, hey, you know, uh, there are some things that are not for me. There are some things in the Christian walk that are not for you. You say things like that. Hey, you know, there, there are things that, hey, you know, these, these long prayers, ah, those things are not for you. I, you know, other people can go. Other people can evangelize. Other people can go and serve in church. Other people can do all these things for God. But uh, uh, you guys can go. You see, that's what Herod did. The, the correct response was to say, hey, if God is coming, if God's presence is going to be there, let's go and seek God together. But King Herod, because the wrong one was on the throne, he says, you guys. 
guys can go. If you are saying things like that, you are in trouble. It's either the flesh is on the throne of your life. It's either the world is on the throne of your life or even or either Satan is on the throne in your life. Can someone say amen today? Oh, I hope that this is reaching you because I feel this message today. I am feeling this message today. The book of Isaiah chapter 29 verse 13. Like I said, point number two that we're speaking about, your words and your heart won't match. What, what um, Herod was saying was, guys, go and seek Jesus. And when you found him, let me know so I can come and worship him with you. Let me, let, me just, let me just rewind that. Let me know. That's another thing you must be careful of saying. If you, are not, if, if you find yourself saying, hey, I wasn't at church. Let me know what happened. Hey, I'm not going to be at that prayer meeting. Let me know what happened. Hey, I wasn't there when God was moving. Tell me what happened. That's danger. That is danger. I wasn't there. I wasn't there. That is a dangerous thing. The wrong one is on the throne in your life. But let me, let, 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 me, let me move forward. He was saying, I want to worship God. His words were saying, I want to worship God. But the Bible tells us he just wanted the wise men to tell him where Jesus was, where the baby was, where Jesus was as a baby, so he could kill Jesus. You see, his words were saying, I want to worship God. But his heart was saying, I want to kill the plans of God. Listen to that. The plans of God. You are working against the, I don't want to do what God wants me to do. But your words at church, I worship God. He is my king. I love God. But your heart is you love your flesh your heart says you love the world your heart says you love other things that are outside of god you love dark things your heart says you love sin but your words are saying i love you jesus oh i can't sing pray for pray for me guys that the lord would do a work in <laughs> let me let me just tell you guys i i often i often i i act like i'm okay but deep down inside I wish I could sing. Yo, <laughs> I wish I could. Deep down inside, I act like I'm okay with you guys. Ne? I smile, but deep down inside, I'm goishing. I'm goishing. Um, um, but <laughs> your words won't match your heart. The book of Isaiah chapter 29 verse 13, it says this. And the Lord said, because these people draw to me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips. It says, but their hearts are far from me. If the wrong person is on your heart, is, is, the, is on the throne of your life. If the wrong person is on the throne of your life, if the flesh is on the throne of your life, if the world is on the throne of your life, if the enemy is on the throne of your life, then you will honor God with your lips. You will honor him with your mouth and with your lips, but your heart will be far from him. Your heart will be far from him. What does it mean? You, you know, many times people speak of the, the uh, spirit of religion, that you have a religious spirit. And many times, I, I, I'll be honest too, with you too that when people speak of a religious spirit many times i think they're not talking about me but be careful because often you can find that the religious spirit is you you have it you have it looking at this it says you honor god with your words you honor him with your mouth your your mouth honors god but your heart is not there now think about this when was the last time you were excited to to pray you were excited, your personal time, you were ex like genuine excitement to spend time with God. When was it that, no, no, no. And, and, and church sometimes, 
it, it, it can be a, a, a tricky because sometimes we love the people at church. We love church in itself. But the excitement is not only church because that is a good thing to be excited to see God's people. Please don't get me, don't get it wrong. It is, ex- it is a good thing to be excited just to be there, you know, just to be there. That's a good thing in your spiritual walk. But I'm saying, let's go a bit deeper in terms of your heart to God, that you are excited to be in the presence of God. You are excited to be in the corporate because you can have the presence of God alone, but the corporate that God's people have gathered for God and that excite when was your heart excited about that when guys have you had a crush I know you've had a crush I know I I, I prophesy oh I feel it right now someone listening to me has had a crush you know that thing that thing you can't sleep that is the heart beating and i'm just saying i'm just using that as examples to say god when is the last time your heart really beat it, the heart beat in on the inside of you was for god 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 and him alone when is the last time that happened you see you can find yourself having a religious spirit and, and and that is a clear sign that if your heart is far from god you can be excited about something on tv you can be excited to see what's going to happen on a show on tv or excited about a, an event but god that same excitement it's not there religious spirit can be right there your mouth and your heart do not are not connected when it comes to God, that is a sign that someone, the wrong person is on the throne. And the third thing I want to say as I'm bringing this to a close is you'll see that the en- you'll become an enemy to God's purposes. One thing you must understand is that if, you, if God is saying that one thing must happen and you are saying no to it, you are becoming an enemy of God. God is not someone who has a middle ground. God says, if you are going to follow him, you must follow him. God says you must either be hot or cold. God says he gives you life or death. He says that there's no middle ground. So if you are against the purposes of God, can I tell you that you are making yourself an enemy of God? The Bible says right here in um, the book of James chapter 4 verse 4, it says, You adulterous people, do you not know that being friendship with the, being friends with the world is being an enemy of God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Can I tell you one thing? That if you are saying no to God in your private life, you are saying no to obeying God in your private life. You're saying no to obeying His Lordship, His rulership, right? His rules, not your rules. His way, not your way. His plans not your plans if you're saying no to them you are making yourself an enemy of God because God is saying I want things to go this way you're saying no it means you are opposing what God is doing God is saying you must do this thing you're saying no you are opposing it you are I want to stop it you are making yourself an enemy you're not neutral that's a thing that people think often you think you are neutral with God when you are disobeying him when you disobey God you are not being neutral you are being against God and you will find out that God is going to start making sure that things of God are not going to come to you. What the Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 2 verse 12, it says, and being warned in a dream, God told, gave them a dream, gave the wise men a dream to not return to Herod because God knew that Herod was against, Herod was an enemy of what God was trying to do. Now, I want you to know that if these things are happening in your life, 
the wrong person is on the throne. You will find yourself being an enemy of God and you'll even find that God will give discernment to other people about you and they will not bring things to you. They will not bring news of what God is doing to you. You will begin to hear less about what God is doing. You will begin to be less aware of what is happening in the kingdom of God because you keep saying no to his rulership. You don't want him to be on the throne. What I want us to do right now is I want us to say a prayer that God, we want to watch the throne. We want to watch the throne and make sure that you are on the throne and we want to surrender to you. Let us say a prayer right now of surrender. God, we come before you. Father, I pray, my God, right now, we want to watch the throne. We want to make sure, oh God, that we are not uh, acting like you are on the throne, but you are actually not. We don't want to say that you are Lord, but you're not on the throne. Right now, Father, we are submitting our lives to you. I pray, my God, may we not um, uh, be the type of people who are just speaking of you as our king, but we don't live with you as our king. As we go through these next weeks, my God, I pray that we would be meditating and that we would be surrendering, my God, our will to you, that you would lead and you would rule in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray and we all said amen. Amen. Thank you so much, guys. That was the Jamal Copper podcast. That was Watch the Throne part one. And we're going to get into part two next week. Thank you for tuning in on Apple Podcast, on YouTube, on Google Podcast, Spotify, and on Instagram Live. I don't save the lives because it's on uh, it's on uh, YouTube. So thank you guys so much. I appreciate you so much. You guys are the best. Uh, submit to God. Watch the throne. Make sure who's on the throne of your life. Take care, guys. We are done. We are out. God is love and I love you too. Peace out. Thank you so much for listening to the JMO Copper podcast. Please make sure you subscribe and leave a review and also share it with all your loved ones and even the haters. <laughs> okay, take care, guys.